Amen. Well, I'm excited to be here. How about you? Amen. And not just because nobody invited me camping, okay? I'm just going to say that. But it's an exciting time, and so I just want to welcome everyone that's here, uh, regulars and visitors, and uh, those that are going to be listening tomorrow morning, most likely, on their campsites. So today's Memorial Day weekend is a time that we remember and honor the sacrifice that men and women have made with their lives in service to our nation. Uh, it's, it's a sad reality, though. That's one reason why I love being in church, is that oftentimes in the world, uh, many in our society, and, and a lot of Christians included, we, we oftentimes see these holidays or these times as an excuse to be self-indulgent and abuse the freedoms that other people have paid a price for. And we can get our focus off of, and I believe even the secular holidays, we need to make Christ the center of everything. And I uh, love, Jesus said, no greater love than a man lay down his life for a friend. And so it's good to honor those things. And so I'm just glad that we're here this morning together and those that are out uh, celebrating with one another. Uh, let's keep in remembrance uh, the important things and keep Jesus at the center of all of it. Amen. So when I was praying about what to share this morning, um, we've been going through James and I was going to maybe continue on and finish up or begin the last chapter of James. But I just felt God reminding me of the importance of memorials. And we see this oftentimes in different parts of the Old Testament where God would do something, do something amazing. And so as a memorial, as a reminder, the, the individuals that were a part of it, they would often build something. Generally, they would stack stones as a reminder of what God had done. Sometimes they would dig a well and they would make that a place, of, a source of life, and that would be the reminder. But, but I was thinking in terms of this story of Joshua, and God just reminded me of the importance of memorials basically remembering in our lives what God has done for us. We're going to be looking at Joshua chapter 1, starting in verse, uh, verse 6 through 9. Sorry, uh, yes, 6 through 9. So if you're not familiar, there was, uh, many of you have seen the movie The Ten Commandments. You had Moses who who God raised up to be a leader and, and lead an entire nation, entire group of people that were in slavery in, in ancient Egypt, lead them out of it. And not only lead them out of slavery, but God had prepared a place for them, a promise that they would have a place where they could dwell. And, and the promise was even deeper than that. It went back to, to Abraham, who was like the, the great, 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 great grandfather of all of these people, that threw them out of this people all nations would be blessed. That peace, that God's restorative work would be through this people. And we know that through that lineage, it eventually came to Jesus. And so this is Jesus' ancestors. So after Moses, this great leader, you know, the Ten Commandments, leads them out. Moses is getting old. He's, he's about to die. And so there's a, a young uh, leader in their ranks called Joshua. And he is supposed to be the next person to, to take them into the promise that God has given them. And if you know the story, Moses, um, like us, had a little bit of a temper, and he, he uh, has a scenario, we'll talk about that another day, where he disobeys God, and as a result, um, he's not going to be able to cross that river and go into the promise. But God assures him, this promise will, will not end, you're going to see Joshua, so he's sending Joshua. So Joshua is this new leader, he's inheriting an entire nation of people, 
And not only that, which is a big thing, he's got this great big promise that God's given him. I'm going to use you, you're going to go, and you're going to take this land where people don't treat each other fairly, and, and they're not cultivating correctly, and you're going to go in, and because of you inhabiting and taking over this land, it's going to prosper. And the world will be blessed through you. That's a big promise, pretty exciting. And many of us, in the same way, I felt like I kind of tried to parallel, we're like Joshua oftentimes in a lot of ways, where God gives us a promise. Or he, we come to know Christ and we have that expectation, that hope and excitement of what God's going to do in us and through us. And maybe there's giftings he's given us and we're going we're gonna to use them for him. And he's calling us and we're excited and we're like, yes. And we start going and then all of a sudden there's an obstacle. There's a block. We're all excited, and, and, and I've heard the story many times, unfortunately, where ladies, you're like, yes, God's calling me, and I'm going to preach, and then you get to a roadblock, and someone's like, well, you're a woman. Well, we don't believe that here. That's not our, God took care of that. <laughs> you can preach. Or you're, you're going along, you're like, I'm going to do this for God, and, and then a life situation happens. A death a divorce, money issues. How am I ever going to do this? God, how am I ever going to do what you are calling me to do? I don't have the capability to do it. Am I alone in this? And so Joshua, he's, I'm sure, I mean, he's human. I'm sure part of him had to be like, wow, I get to take Moses' spot. This is cool. But having been in similar situations before where you maybe have to take someone else's place, there's also this moment of, holy crud. Uh, this is beyond me. And so we're, we're getting to that point in, in, in Joshua and this people's story. So chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. So there's a reason why this dialogue starts this way. So Moses, God is speaking through Moses to, to Joshua. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. It has been chosen by God to fulfill God's promises. Each and every one of us, if you are a follower of Christ, you have been chosen by God to fulfill His promises in the world around us. Verse 7. Be strong, I love it, they say it again, but be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. We, we see this, that God's promises are true, but there's, there's an element of conditionality where it's up to us to walk in obedience. And we're going to see this lived out in the story where God says, this is my promise. It's right here. But to get there, it's yours. Just step where I tell you to step when I tell you to step. So sometimes we get to, to obstacles and we think God's taking away his promise. God does not take away his promise. God never reneges on his promises. We do sometimes get stuck because we fail to listen to his instructions and obey 
what he is calling us to do. So there's this warning. Be careful. You're getting these be statements. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions. Verse 8. Study this book of instruction. Continually meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Sometimes when we are facing obstacles and we want to step into the promises God's given us, we're like, God, what do I need to do? God, what do I need to do? Show me. And we think we need to do more or we need to do something better. And oftentimes God's saying, don't do more. Don't do things better. Do what I'm telling you to do. Do less and study and meditate and pray more. I can tell you as a, as a pastor, that's one of the challenges and one of the things God personally speaking to me. Is he's saying, do less. Study, meditate, pray more. Because he's the one who fulfills the promise. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I, I love that wherever we go. He doesn't, even if we're stepping off kilter, he's still there with us to help bring us back on route to the promise that he's called us. Even when we intentionally or unintentionally are abandoning God, he is faithful and is there with us, ready, waiting for us to step and bring us back. We're going to jump ahead into the story, into chapter 2. I'm just going to kind of give you a brief synopsis of chapter 2, and we're getting into chapter 3. But chapter 2, they send out two spies. There's this big river, the Jordan River. and So they spend two spies, and two guys can easily get across the river, and they swim. They get across, and they go into the city called Jericho, and it was a, a wall, kind of a fortress of the city. It would have been quite uh, imposing for that time period. And they're going in, they're surveying, and they're like, man, there's no way we can get into this place. But they're looking, but they're seeing all of, of the potential that God has called them to. And, and I love these two spies that, that they send. They, they were courageous. They didn't fear. And where other spies have said, there's too many. We, we, let's just, just stop. Let's not even try to do what God's calling us to do. It's impossible. These two said, but look at the potential. Look at what, if God's doing this. And so they were excited. And so they stay in what's it's kind of a neat story where there's this prostitute named Rahab and and she houses them and hides them. And God redeems her, redeems her lifestyle. And she actually becomes part of the lineage of Christ, which is amazing. And so she sends them away and they return to, to Joshua and to the people. They've learned about the people in the city and the region there that God's called them to take over, to rescue, and to rule over. And they find out even that the people there, we read this, Rahab tells them, said, the people are actually afraid of you. Not because of you, but because of the miracle 
Over 40 years ago, this one miracle of crossing the Red Sea, God parted the waters, and they walked, over a million people, crossed waters dry. And they knew that, okay, God's with these people. And so their enemies were actually afraid. God is telling Joshua, be strong and courageous because your enemy knows who I am and your enemy is afraid. They had heard of the miracle that had happened before. Songs were written about it. The story had spread through the region. And Moses, as a leader, had to face that. And now Joshua, interesting enough, before he becomes a leader has to now cross his own river. He has to cross this next obstacle. And, and, and I love how God does that. God's like, you're the person. Or God may be calling you and say, I want you to do this in your community. Or I want you to get involved and do this in your church. And we're like, yes. And then all of a sudden, there's a river. There's a moment of impossibility. There is a trial. There is a testing. It would be so nice if everything went easy. But God doesn't do easy. God does the impossible. Chapter 3. They're preparing to, to cross the river. So early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests, so they had the priests, they were the only ones that were allowed to carry what's called the Ark of the Covenant. It was this box covered with gold that represented God's presence, and they dwelt there, and they weren't, only these special people were allowed to touch it, or you could die. They had to carry these poles, so this was God's presence with them. That's how big a deal it was. So that's supposed to go first here. Verse 3, giving these instructions to the people, when you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, Move out from your positions and follow them. He's basically telling them, follow God. Since you have never traveled this way before. How many of you get situations like you've never been this way before? And we're like, I don't know which way to go. Follow God. Since you've never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. I tell you, I am thankful for what Christ did on the cross because he, he separated not only that veil and that temple that tore, but that half-mile gap got closed. And we no longer have to follow God's presence. But as we said, we don't serve God, we serve with God. We walk with Him. And so we get to walk hand-in-hand hand with the Holy Spirit lead us into unknown directions. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priest, lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river. And they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. 
Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Prizites, the Gerashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, the Exonianites, the Kokonomites. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, the Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of the water will be cut up upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the Ark touched the water at the river's edge, just to back up here, we are called kings and priests of God, because of who we are in Christ. We carry the presence of God with us into the obstacle, into the rivers that stand in front of us. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream, and the river will stand like a wall. Verse 16. The water above the point began backing up a great distance away in a town called Adam, which is near Zarephath. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people, this entire nation of people, crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. We see God's presence going before them. And we see God's presence and we see these priests. And I think what a great example of us is oftentimes there's obstacles, there's unknowns in front of us. And we're like, I don't know which direction to go. And God will say, let's go into the middle of it. Let's go into the middle of this problem. Let's go into the middle of of your obstacle. Because when you take God with you, and God, where we step, God is with us, and when we let God be God in the middle of the problem, He parts that problem and makes a way where there is no way. God's presence and power doesn't lead us to run away from the impossible. The power and presence of the Holy Spirit leads us into and through the problems. There are Christians who have witnessed God's miracles because they walked in obedience and stepped with God into the middle of impossible situations. There's a reason God told Joshua to be courageous and to not give up. Put one foot in front of the other and step in obedience to where he was calling him to step. Joshua is obedient. He gives the orders. The priests do as they're told, and God does a miracle. I love that the miracle didn't happen before 
they stepped into the water. God said, step into the water and then stop. And wait. And so they stepped into the water. They stepped in the direction God was leading them. They stepped into that situation and they stopped. And then God began to move. God may be saying to some of us this morning that your miracle, your calling, your promise is in the middle of this trial or obstacle. Not on the shore where we sit. And when God does a miracle, He does a miracle. And the same thing that happened when, when they crossed the Red Sea, they crossed it and they began to celebrate and they began to sing and they began to praise and and they wrote songs about it, and the same thing happens here. When God does a miracle, when God moves, when God parts the waters of our situation, we need to remember what He is doing. We need to remember the works and the power of God. We need to celebrate and remember. Remember it so we remember who our God is and what He can do. And that he never breaks a promise. Because there's not just one river, there's not just one city that needs to be defeated, not just one obstacle, not just one situation. But God is calling us to walk our life out from one miracle, one point of victory to the next. And between each miracle, between each victory, is a place in our life that needs a victory, needs to be overcome. Sometimes that's part of our who we are as a person. We need to let God overcome that and trust Him and be honest with ourselves about that and step into the middle of that, confess it, step into the middle of that issue and that problem and confess it and let God's presence bring healing. We need to remember so the next obstacle that comes along, we can be even more courageous. guarantee you Joshua was courageous because he's, they crossed the Red Sea. After God crossed the Jordan, I'm sure he upped the level to very courageous. And so when God said, okay, instead of attacking this city, walk around it seven times and then blow your trumpets, he trusted God because he understood he didn't make the waters part. There was nothing supernatural about Joshua. What makes us supernatural is our obedience to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. So Joshua builds a memorial. He builds this reminder after they cross. Joshua chapter 4. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at that place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan. Go to the middle of our problem. In front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. 
In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua had commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one for each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to a place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing. And they are to this day. The priests who were carrying the ark stood in the middle of the river until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua were carried out. And meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed. And when everyone was safely on the other side, the priests crossed over the ark of the Lord as the people watched. So we see two memorials were built. One on the shore and one right in the middle of the problem. But I love that they used the stones from the deepest, most challenging part of the river. From the deepest, most challenging part of the river, that is, the, that is where the stones were taken to build the memorial for what God had done. In the middle of the problem we face lies the stones that will mark the victory God has promised us. So if you're standing in the middle of a problem... If you're standing in the middle of a situation, in a situation of impossibility, you are standing on the very rocks, on the very position that God is going to use as a reminder to the world of who He is in your life. Then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask, What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes. And He kept it dry until you were all across, just as He did at the Red Sea when He dried it up until we had all crossed over. I love this, verse 24. He did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful. And so you might fear the Lord your God forever. Just take a moment. Just close your eyes and just, I don't know where some of us may be. Standing on the bank, still haven't stepped into the water fully. Because we're afraid of the unknown. Some of us maybe have taken steps of faith and we've stepped into the river. And now we're standing in the middle and the waters haven't parted yet. And we're standing there starting to doubt, saying, God, where are you? God, you promise. And I want us just to let the Holy Spirit speak to us. Let the words of this passage resound. Wherever you're standing, I feel like God's wanting to say, step in obedience with courage where God is leading. He's got this. Step in obedience with courage. Study, meditate, pray, focus on who God is, and allow Him to do His work.
Lord, I just thank you, Father, for who you are and what you are doing in our lives, in this place, in this community. Father, I thank you that you are raising up your church and other churches and believers, Father, that your Holy Spirit is working. You are raising your body to new life and that you are calling us to step in courageously, Lord, in victory, to go out of the four walls, to go into the promises that you have called us to, the promises that you will restore families, the promises that you will break addictions, the promises that you will pour out your spirit and bring life and revival, Father. Lord, I pray this morning that we as your people, we would step courageously in obedience to your directions, that we would step into the midst of the impossible situations that you are calling us to, Lord, and that, Father, we would trust and we would wait patiently for you to do the work that you are desiring to do, and that, Lord, we would not just walk away from it and, Father, forget, but that we would build continual reminders and memorials to who you are and what you have done. Lord, I pray that you would let people see and know who you are and what you have done in our lives. Lord, will we not be ashamed? Lord, oftentimes those, those stones are, are, that we stand in the middle of that problem was shameful, but you're calling us to go back and to pull out those stones that was in the midst of that shame and to build a memorial to your grace and to your mercy. Father, we pray that you would give us courage. And Father, we thank you and we praise you, Lord, that, Lord, you have done works of miracles in the past. Lord, we are all here today because you have miraculously spoken or worked within our lives. And so, Father, we trust you and we rely on you because we know that you will do it again and again. So, Father, I pray for just a resurrection of faith and courage in your people. Lord, that we would celebrate who you are and what you have done, that we would not forget who you are, and that we would walk boldly with your presence into the middle of the rivers that you are calling us to. Lord, that your word may go forth, that your promises may be fulfilled, and that all who would ask might know who you are. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, Amen. Amen. you stand with me this morning as we celebrate and worship God for who he is?